May 11, 2021. It's the Watch for Pedro Show.
Lot from Pedro Show. Happy Tuesday. Started off the show with John Coltrane doing Out of This World. And then Victoria Shen with The Hanging of Pangloss. Wow. Well, you heard a voice, people. Yeah, Brother Matt is still at the Love Grotto on the Pleasure Point because we're still in quite quarantino mode. But I am not totally man alone because those software engineers in Estonia with their Skype invention, I got Victoria Shen with me. Mm-hmm. Welcome aboard, Victoria. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Please bring your earliest musical recollection. I want to learn about your journey through music. Oh, yeah? Okay. Um, so the first CDs I've probably ever owned, because I'm of the CD era, um, was probably, what was it, ABBA, Aqua, and Britney Spears, so early in the alphabet. Uh, but then there was this distinct transition when I was in uh, fifth grade. Uh, I was part of a play. Of <laughs> the play was for The Giver. I don't know if you've ever read that book, but... Um, during intermission, uh, my first boyfriend, I was listening to Korn, uh, K-O-R-N, and <laughs> so we were listening together, and my mind was being blown by this, and I was obsessed, and I actually, uh, and I still feel bad about about it to this day, but I um, had my, uh, my aunt buy me a Korn CD because she can't read English so well, and my mom would never buy a CD with a parental advisory on it, so... <laughs> I kind of I tricked her into buying this um this CD for me, uh, but yeah, it just kind of led me down this path of listening to uh, harder, more like alternative music, which which then kind of um yeah went into uh, from CDs to like internet radio, and then from internet radio to like peer to peer file sharing. So uh, yeah, once I was bitten, I just like in fifth grade, I was just constantly consuming music from then on. Can I ask you about before, like, really, you know, before you knew names of bands or anything, like when you were a girl, mm -hmm. like the pad you grew up in, was there musical instruments? Uh, no, definitely not, actually. It was pretty bereft of musical instruments, but um, my mom listened to a ton of Chinese opera. So actually, yeah, some of my earliest memories were sitting in a laundromat listening to Chinese opera with my mom. But that actually was on... Uh, a tape deck, a little Walkman with her and like splitting an earbud. Okay, so your mom was a fan of Chinese opera. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, but... I've, have you heard it before? It's like really, I think it's all played by men, but they imitate women and so they have these really high pitches, uh, you know, really high register singing like, you know, I don't know if you've heard it. It's pretty unique. Oh, yeah. But, you know, even Shakespeare had men playing women. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a tradition of this. But uh, the cover of Captain Beefheart's Dock at the Radar Station is him, uh, his painting of uh, him being at the Peking Opera or some stuff like that. So, Oh. Huh. <laughs> I mean, that's a painting. That ain't a sound, but... I can't, I, I, what was that, the cultural revolution, what, the Red Lantern? I saw some of that, and that was, they were jumping around in um, soldier uniforms, singing like the way you did. Oh, but, yeah. But I know the tradition is like hundreds, of, yeah, goes way back and stuff. But, um, so you, you, they were listeners. They, your mod actually didn't play? 
Yeah, my mom doesn't play any instruments. Okay, okay. Well, I was wondering, you know, because everybody comes from different places musically. Oh, well, I got to tell you. So my mom is Cambodian and she came, she immigrated here during the Khmer Rouge. So, you know, there wasn't, she, they didn't have anything aside from like the clothes on their back. But back in Cambodia, her dad was in one of these like Cambodian rock bands, which um, I don't know if you've listened to like, you know, different compilation, uh, you know, records with, like called Cambodia Rocks, but it was this kind of like garage uh, movement in Cambodia in the in the 60s. And like, I guess my grandpa was in one of those bands. That's great. I heard Vietnam ones. It's kind of instrumental. It's kind of surf. But, yeah, but, total, but, but, yeah. but their own their own take on it, you know, it's like they mm-hmm. took our stuff and then made it their own. Oh, yeah, for sure. Tons of covers. Yeah. Something in the sky. I remember. Uh, I oh, yeah, that was a, a there was a famous one. But, you know, I was a boy in the 60s. So well, my memory's terrible anyway. So uh, <laughs> what about in school, Victoria? Were you in the choir? Or the marching band or shit like that? Uh, in middle school, I played percussion because I always wanted to play drums. But, you know, I lived in a tiny little apartment in San Francisco. Actually, it was in, like, an in-laws. I was like, yeah, so we didn't have room for drums. We didn't have, like, the the environment that wouldn't be uh, conducive to playing loud music. So were you, in the, uh, were you in the Avs on the west side? I was in uh, the Richmond district. My okay. my mom, my family lives in the Avs avenues now. But uh, yeah, same story. Still like pretty small, like very uh, close knit housing. You know, there's no spaces between each yeah. each individual unit. But uh, I played percussion anyway. But I just didn't do drums. I just did like things like xylophone and um, yeah. I didn't get to really play a kit. <laughs> Were you in the marching band? Maybe a Glockenspiel. Oh, we I played Glockenspiel, but we didn't. I didn't do marching band. No, it was okay. just normal band. Yeah, normal. I hate that word. Normie band, <laughs> square band. Yeah, square John. Yeah. So okay, okay. Uh, first record you bought for yourself, or you know, whatever the medium, album, CD. Yeah. Okay. First. Oh gosh. Uh, honestly, it probably was. The Vines, oh, I think it's uh, self-titled. Okay, because when, you know, you ain't got a lot of money when you're a kid, so that's why I'm curious. And what about the first gig you went and saw? Oh, my gosh. Okay, this is more on the square lines. Uh, I won tickets from a radio station um, that I used to listen to, Live 105, which was like the alternative radio station in the Bay Area. And I got tickets to see Radiohead when I was 12. So I went and saw Radiohead when I was 12, and it was pretty amazing. Um, okay. But, yeah. Okay, yeah. And and you got to pick it, because a lot of people, their first gig, like, they get taken to, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this was really nice. Uh, okay. I, I was like, fuck, Radiohead, I got to call it now. Ah. <laughs> so you're, I, doing, you're doing percussion and stuff, at music-wise. And yeah. uh, not after school, like, graduate, but in the afternoon, did you get into the bedroom band, the garage band, the you know, basement band trip with some friends? No, all I did was honestly, it was really solitary. I, um, I did learn how to play guitar and I was listening to a lot of Hendrix when I was younger. And so my goal was to like be able to play alongside Hendrix. And so I was doing tons of tabs and then also learning like blues scales and stuff. And, um, it was an electric guitar, but I would like listen as I played with like on, on headphones 
So that was kind of my trip. It, like, so music was mostly like a solitary experience. I never did bands. Um, first band I got into was when I was 25. So that's all right. Joe Biza and Sacco Trust didn't start playing guitar till he's 27. Vincent uh, painted his last 10 years of his life. Some people aren't child prodigies, and I think it's okay. Oh, yeah, definitely not a prodigy. <laughs> Orson Welles said, no wine before it's time. Well, actually, I do feel like I'm blessed in that way, so I can like kind of uh, explore like music and playing on my own terms, you Absolutely. know, and not have it be so guided. Yeah, like know. a Disney mom or dad trying to fucking yeah milk you. <laughs> oh, I'm so lucky I don't have a tiger mom, despite having right. an Asian mom. <laughs> well, well, for example, the the Disney model kind of got adopted by this K-pop thing, right, with the dormitories and getting oh, kids yeah. <laughs> like when they're six or seven. Oh, yeah, K-pop kennels. Yeah, K-pop kennels. So, and I don't know if that's just an Asian thing. Like I said, I think it was actually the Disney model. The, what, Mouseketeers and shit from and, and oh, that yeah. Funicello days? <laughs> yeah, right, the Mickey Mouse Club. Right, yeah. Justin Timberlake, Timberlake, Britney Spears, yeah. <laughs> but but even before, like, 60s and shit, when I was a boy. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, yeah, it goes way back with the plastic fucking ears so, and all that shit. What about, um, what was that band that did 96 Tears? Weren't they kids, too, when they were, when that they were song me- first they came? Were, they called them, uh, question mark, you know, the Ashton Brothers And the them. Mysterions, right? Yeah. No, yeah. no, they were called Question Mark and the Mysterion, uh, and the, uh, Question, he changed his name, the singer. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Mysterians, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they were, they, he called, they called themselves Mexican, uh, Michigan Mexicans because they were uh, families of migrant uh, pickers, you know, cherry pickers and shit. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, this, the Ashton brothers and Stooges hit me to these guys. And uh, I think they were teenagers and the, the band broke up because uh, there was a draft, right? Because right. of the Vietnam War. And so some guys had to go uh, to be in the army. That happened to Billy uh, Gibbons' band too, the Moving Sidewalks and why he put together his easy top. You know, that was, yeah, like now we have the COVID-19 disrupting. Well, in those days, they had the draft. See, I, pl- I, I was finally the youngest guy in this, when I was helping the Stooges out, and I got to learn about this whole thing in the 60s. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's all relative to our own life, so everything's always the worst and most drama. And But I can imagine having to act like you were crazy or God, homosexual or something like this so they wouldn't take you yeah. Into the wars, <laughs> but uh, I, I, want, I want to play this definite.
yellow in the They are commonly found for
heavy winter for its stillness. Its bare branches stand silent in the woodland and mist dampens the birdsong. The sun leans closer to the ground and whispers light onto the surface of the reservoir. Frost holds the axis, squeezing it still, as though it has turned enough for one year. We walk the veins of the moor, determined to find the source of the one thing which still flows. I am unaware that these streams, this sponge, is the start of Derbyshire's longest river, that as I climb, I am scaling an origin story. I expect a stop sign, the words the end in the form of a pile of rocks, maybe a waterfall. Instead, I plunge waist deep into peat bog. We laugh as you pull me out. And I, cold and shaking, am unaware that I have time-travelled throughout thousands of years. We turn back and drop down to the river. My body feels heavy as my feet squelch against my boots. I realise I have misjudged this landscape, this winter. Even stillness has a pulse. I am beginning to understand that chiselling my figure into statues will bring me no peace, that my body is also a river, will continue to run, despite the dam of my arms, even when I sit, eyes closed, legs crossed, I can hear my heartbeat, the in and out of my breath, no matter how hard I try, I cannot hold back the water.
Watch for Pedro Show. That was Victoria Shen with Definite. SLWCC Watt after that, brand new album. Something Found is the tune. Balmas Prendon after that, coming ashore. DC area. Sophia. Sophie, sorry. Svarham and Christopher Gregory, a Derby part of England, with Searching for the Source of the Darewind. Street Eaters after that. Waxwing. Yeah, what was that? Triclops, I think, the singer man. He was in a lot of uh, bands. He's a big long mic chord guy. I can't remember his name now. And then, and then, uh, Eviction. <laughs> it's a, kind of a pun name with your. Oh name. yeah, yeah, Eviction. <laughs> that's eviction. right. That's it. That's it. That's it. A little yeah. pun rock, right? A little pun rock with Current Affair. There's some mm. pun there also. That's mm -hmm. very so, so I'm curious about the guitar thing. How did you get? Did you go and buy it, or was it given to you? Oh, it was a Christmas gift. It was a kind of concession because I couldn't get a, a drum kit. Then I got a, an electric guitar instead. So it was so, a my first Strat or whatever kind of kit. Like I want something musical. If I can't have the drums, get me a guitar and earphones, headphones. Yeah, yeah, yeah precisely. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then, like you were saying, "Woman Alone," you autodidact taught yourself, uh, yep. listen, listening to Jimmy and shit. Which ain't a bad thing to do, I think. <laughs> He's probably one of the best cats you can learn from. Incredible, yeah. incredible. Uh, even if you're a bass person, man, if you can oh, play yeah. to Jimmy. <laughs> you know, and he played bass on this, some of his records, too. So, uh, but, you, but you never went and joined a band. You said 25 years old was when you first joined a band. And what was that band? That band is called Trim, and um, it was just like a, a buddy and I have been, you know, seeing each other at like Halloween parties, like always talking about like starting a band. And then like I had this like kind of like life changing encounter back in San Francisco. I was living in Boston for 30, uh, 30 13 years. Um, and so I would come back during the holidays and then. I was like really inspired by this person I met. And I was like, shit, I should start a band. And so. Um, yeah, I played with Dana, who drummed at the time. Actually, Dana's really talented; is a total multi instrumentalist. And um, I had been making synthesizers for a while, like different analog synthesizers, because um, in college I got a gig soldering for this company called Flower Electronics, which is all analog modular synthesizers. So it's like I learned how to build the instrument, and then I like started. I learned how to play it and I started playing it and then started making music with it. And, um, so I would take like microphones and then like, uh, mic my, uh, Dana's drum kit and then like take that input and then put it into the modular synthesizer. So we kind of became like a singular organism where like my, um, my synths would like be blaring through the speakers and the speakers would get picked up by the drums and there'd be this kind of like feedback element. And whenever Dana would strike, um, a drum, then it would also, you know, of course, feed the synth too. So there's kind of like push pull constantly. Uh, it was pure improvisation. I've only ever worked with improvisation. No songs have ever been written, really. And by this time, you, you let go of the guitar? Uh, no, actually, I had the guitar too at the very beginning, but then it just became like too much shit to carry. So yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I quickly let go of the guitar. <laughs> okay. Because. You never know, right? I'm just hearing sounds out of the speaker, and I don't know, you know, pay no attention to that person behind the curtain thing, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it might might be guitar, it might be you know Alabama sausage whistle. I, 
Yeah, total Alabama sauce. <laughs> okay. But um, no, actually, uh, during you... the pandemic, I was like, maybe I should like revisit my roots a little bit. So, um, you know, I uh, <laughs> like started experimenting with guitar and like putting magnets on the pickups and stuff. And then like I do a lot of I don't know if you've seen, but like um, electronics experiments. So, yeah, I've been like using like Ebo and like trying to like make my own Ebo and do like weird like magnetic like emf frequency kind of like experiments and then um you know the guitar the electric guitar is just another kind of instantiation of like uh inductors coils mics pickups so i'm just like kind of playing with it on that kind of level but i think the results have been sort of interesting but i haven't released anything um with this kind of like uh explorative uh guitar stuff yet yeah it's got strings too that's a big difference uh, yeah. <laughs> did Trim ever do gigs? Oh yeah, we did tons. Well, tell me tons. about the first Trim gig. Oh gosh, okay, the first Trim gig. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because is that your first gig period? Uh, I think so. Actually, my my real first gig was kind of like a gig for um the international noise conference with you know rat bastard from miami put he was it together. on the show a couple months ago great cat. oh yeah 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 i, I, I love rat yeah florida guy. yeah so so nice so generous um but uh yeah he he threw together something at mit because they took inc on the road um and so i was there and then i was like well i might as well play so that i played synthesizer for like five minutes but so that was like the first real gig, but that wasn't really, I don't know, didn't seem very official. It was kind of like off the cuff. Um, but this gig, uh, I played in the basement of White House, which is this kind of like historically, um, historical bastion of like experimental music in, in Boston. It's just like a house in Jamaica Plain. I don't know if you're familiar with like the geography there, but it's kind of like the southern part of Boston. And uh, <laughs> in this basement of this sort of like, uh, I wouldn't. I don't know. There's just been so many bands that have been through that house. So we played there. It was kind of like um, a gig where like someone was playing a cassette, that w- player that was like taped to their hip, and then um, someone else was playing like a <laughs> playing back an MP3, and then like kind of singing over the MP3, and then like Dana and I had like the f- formal band setting, I guess, with like guitar, synthesizer, drums, and we played. And it actually, I think it was really good, if I remember it accurately. And then the people there were like, wow, and literally someone said history in the making. So that was kind of a nice little like, ah, this is an auspicious start to making music. That's trippy. When I've heard White House, there was an England band, kind of a throb and gristle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. But no connection, just coincidence. I mean, maybe they named White House after that, that band. Because yeah. there was a lady over there that was uptight about shit right and her, I think that was her family name and so to mock her they called her band oh is that the origin of it that's great yeah like she would this stuff is anti whatever uh, not healthy and oh yeah we're gonna name our band after you then <laughs> something like that oh good move yeah <laughs> Mary Whitehouse I think that's what her name was I don't trust me on that because my memory's terrible but when you said that name, right. now now when you when 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 Rat Bastard brought that noise thing to your school, you weren't at the school to make music. No, I was. At, I went to art school for visual arts. I was doing like printmaking, and then I started doing like sound and video art. Mm-hmm. So so music was a parallel universe. 
Yeah, I guess so. You know, I always, I really liked music primarily, like from middle school on, but I think, um, yeah, I mean, I was never formally trained, right? And I did a lot of visual arts just like by myself. So that's kind of, it was like the path of least resistance. It was still really interesting to me then. I've kind of since like fallen out of love with visual arts. Uh, not not with like just visual arts in general, but kind of uh, the visual arts world. Like, you know, having to like navigate different like institutions, like be it like a museum. Galleries. Or, like, yeah, totally. And I, I feel know like from the, Petty Bone that there's a lot of horse shit involved with that. I can oh, understand yeah. it being a turn off to you. Look, we're at the end of the first hour, May 11, 2021 edition Watt for Pedro Show. Special guest, Victoria Shen. Hold time for hour two. May 11, 2021. It's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
Apostle Pedro started off the second hour, a little delayed game there because of pilot error. Can't blame the machinery people. What? Competent. Uh, second hour start off with eviction with this pun proj. Miss Victoria. Excerpt one from Clay Doll. Off air, people were discussing Mr. Clay and his art. Ben Salter from Tasmania after that calling ambience. <laughs> There's some pun there, too. There's a lot of pun, right? Okay. Uh, Justice Yeldon as brother uh, Lucas and Sydney with Julius and Ethel. Yeah, you can imagine who that is. And then Eviction with excerpt two from Clay Doll. So I guess Clay Doll was one big piece and you gave me two parts of it. That's it, yeah. First album, no no individual tracks. Is Trim still an ongoing concern or did it have a, a line? Oh, it sort of it petered out because um, we went long distance. I was in Boston, uh, the drummer moved to New York, and then you know we played shows here and there, but it was kind of difficult. And then I started doing my solo thing and traveling more, so and it just sort of drifted. So the eviction thing is kind of... A, sol a solo manifestation? Yeah. Okay. Totally. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. And uh, and you're, you're traveling woman alone, and then it being electronic, kind of portable. Oh, totally. Everything is battery-powered, so I don't even have to worry about transformers or anything like that when I go internationally. Right. Now, uh, do you use pewters? No pewters. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, mostly now, just analog, uh, analog gear. I was going to ask about, you know, because you're saying you're doing gigs and what, what's your opinion on, uh, uh, you know, crap top performances where the dude hits a space bar? Well, listen, if you're doing it, you better do it really well. It better sound really good. <laughs> okay. You know, and it, you know how some people have a voice for radio, you know, it's kind of like the same thing. It's just <laughs> an aptitude. Yeah, 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 an aptitude. And, uh, yeah, there's some incredible crap top sets, and then there's also total crap tops uh, snooze sets as well, snooze fest. Um, but, yeah, it all it all kind of depends. I think, you know, it's just you can play good guitar, you can play bad guitar, you can play good laptop, you can play bad laptop. But as long as you bring something to the table, that's well, great. Yeah, the idea of the performance, right? I mean, this can go – some of these – I guess we can call them aesthetics. Go back to vaudeville, the idea of work in a room. Mm. Yeah. Right? Because I think, oh, no, this is my, my laboratory, and you guys can witness me experiment. Or, or is it like, what what kind of dynamic do you call a gig in this oh, kind of experimental me? stuff? It's yeah, of course one, you. Well, for myself, it's just, it's totally improvisational. So, you know, the same applies for a laptop. I think it's like, if you have flexibility to change your sound at will, then that's great. So you can respond to the room. And my thing is all about responding. So some people might say site specific, but it's kind of, you know, become this like sort of overworked stodgy term. But I do try to address like the unique features of the room, like the kind of audience that it is. And I also like, you know, invade people's personal space a lot. You know, so <laughs> part of the um, the thing that I do is is mobile because it is all battery powered. I do a lot of like wireless stuff too. So um, yeah, like I get off the stage if there's a stage, or like I'll change kind of the dynamic of like the performer audience um, kind of placement position in space. 
uh, yeah, so everything is kind of like off the cuff in that in that way. And I think it's can be really effective. It's riskier, right? Because you don't have like a set uh, <laughs> or a song list or whatever. But um, I think it can be more rewarding, but it can also like totally tank. It can totally bomb in, in certain um, in certain contexts. But I feel like the ratio of like bombing to having a really rewarding set has gotten better over the years. <laughs> Have you ever had confrontations? Uh, yeah, I have. I totally have. I actually, I in Japan, I like wrestled with a guy on the floor, <laughs> and I got, got him down like MMA style, like playing the synth and stuff like that. And I think he also tried to like cop a feel or whatever, but I was like not having. It was uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. So- it's it's interesting because in Japan, like. I feel like I can take greater risks there because of the fact that people are so polite, polite, you know, it's kind of mean to say, but you know, I feel like I can, uh, be more confrontational, right? (laughs) Because you know what? Some of that might be just front and underneath is a simmering kind of other thing. (laughs) Oh my God. Totally. Totally. I think that's why there's some, you know, noise music had a, a huge foothold there or, you know, I don't know people debate whether it originates from Japan or not, but it really, uh, <laughs> Uh, captivated a certain uh, part of its population and there was a lot of like transgressive angry fucked up you know music that was happening there i think it's because of this repressive society and stuff that boils up from uh, beneath a repressive kind of culture yeah are you aware of this cat carol kaoru abe i don't know okay he was a 70s his cousin was actually that guy who sang Sukiyaki, which is the most retarded name, right? Oh, <laughs> But uh, he was a free jazz saxophonist. He moved on to, like, harmonica and stuff, but he oh, OD'd wow. in the late 70s. Uh-huh. And his wife, just uh, the uh, English translation of her first fiction just came out this month. But uh, there was a free... You know, obviously influenced by John Coltrane and stuff, you know, the Sheets of Sound stuff... But I could see the point you're making there, uh, the relating because of different pressures in society. I want to play some more eviction here, uh, Under the Stall Door. Oh, yeah.
Scott from Pedro Show. That chunk of music, Eviction with Under the Stall Door. Then we got Bucolic Spectre out of Northern Ireland with Three Stars in Line. And then Victoria Shen with Timikawa. It's, yeah. It should be renamed. <laughs> what, what's this collab? Yeah, do you know Toshiji Mikawa? He's, um, he's in the Incapacitance, which is one of like the most legendary uh, Japanese bands. Um, it's him and Fumio and... Uh, <laughs> They put put on a fucking great show, and uh, we played a gig together in Tokyo in 2019, and so that's kind of like the core of this uh, collab, and then we just kind of did a remote collab, you know, kind of like bookending that live live set, um, but yeah, he's such a <laughs> incredible person. He's like, I think, a banker or something for his day gig, and then like, you know, his nightlife has to do with making the most insane, harsh... Uh, uh, <laughs> Like abrasive sounds. The on, guy who goes on... way back is Marisbao, right? Oh yeah. Wait, sorry. The Japanese goes way yeah. back. Yeah. 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 And Keiji Hano. Mm-hmm, Actually, mm-hmm. there was a movie made about Carol Abu. And he's in it for a little bit. He talks about it because he knew him in those days. And they actually put him in the movie. You know, his, her daughter uh, sued the producers because it starts with her ma committing suicide. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. It was called yeah. Endless Waltz. So, because this is the guy who goes way back, right? And I know the Boris Cats collaborated with him. And it was funny, Atsuo told me, yeah, he likes Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin. Oh, yeah? So do yeah. you have a dichotomy like that where you like harsh experimental music, but then you like some, I don't know, oh my God. Cat I Stevens love... and James Taylor or something like that? I love, like, you know, KPM, <laughs> like, um, uh, like the collab, like, Tons of soundtrack music. I love, like, Italian soundtrack music and 60s garage and, like, psychedelic stuff and, like, things like, oh, God, what, what are, um, what's that amazing couple from, like, the 50s? Ugh, I can't remember. But, you know, stuff like the Tornadoes. I like really old, kind of easy listening stuff, like Roy Orbison um, and a lot of, like, uh, so- like mini can I ask you, is music just music? You're not concerned with genre? No, no, absolutely not. Great. I wish we could move past that shit. I really do. Yeah. It's such a fucking Berlin wall. You could just take a fucking sledgehammer to it. Yeah. It took me many years. You know, actually the movement, being part of the movement, finally, hey, fuck it. Music is Mm. music and let everything be free. We're, We're at the end of the second hour. May 11, 2021, Dish Watt Pedro Show special guest Victoria Shin. Hold tight for hour three. May 11, 2021, it's the third hour of the Watt Pedro Show. Thank you. 
Lord, man. On the way. Man. Downtown. Man. Pirate, pirate cabs. Downtown. Pirate cabs. Downtown. Ten minutes. On the way. Ten minutes. Downtown. Man, man. Getting close now, man. Getting close. Taking his right, old man. Get rid of us quick, man. You're doing the pressure. Yeah, taking his right. Fucked up, man. I'm sorry. from Pedro Show. We start off the third hour with Buchlockenspiel, an excerpt from Stockholm, Sweden. I guess you did a gig, right? Yeah, a little residency there with like a, one of the world's oldest and most interesting synthesizers. Wow. Okay. Victoria Shen. Are, are you were aware of a lady with electronic music named Darby? Uh, uh, no, uh, Delia Derbyshire. Yeah, Delia Derbyshire. Oh gosh, she's awesome. She's so good. I think it was just her birthday recently too. And, but, but she hate well, so, sisters with transistors, right? There's a new yeah talk on this. But she actually quit electronic music because of synthesizer. She thought that was not the way. She was a total tape lady. 
Yeah, I know. It's really interesting how there's this kind of uh, division. There's a schism between tape music, like music concrete people, and then people who are about pure electronic music. Right. But Daphne Orm, who is kind of right, know, she she ended up in, she ended up inventing a synthesizer. Yeah, exactly. The Oramics, right? Right, and they're out of the BBC Work Sound Workshop. There were some mm-hmm. guys too. But these, yeah, incredible pioneers in this stuff. And I've, I've been learning from guests I've had on the show. Manuel Armida with Jiffy Cabs after that. And then another collab you did, Victoria Shen and Beam Splitter Remote Collaboration called oh, yeah. Hydra. Yeah, they're they're in Germany. So uh, Henrik, I believe, plays trombone. And then Audrey Chen, she's a vocalist, like a really... Uh, <laughs> Pretty <laughs> crazy vocalist. Um, so they sent me a track, and then I, I did a thing, and then I sent it back to them. So that was one of the oh, that's part what of the remote pandemic output. Yeah, remote yeah. collaboration means trading files. Exactly. I've yeah. done. I've done in the last year and a half. I've done buttloads of records with cats I even met. So the yeah. the internet's not all. Ba- I mean, you can spread bullshit and lies, but you can also trade files and collab. Yeah, that's a more productive thing to do. <laughs> yeah, it's a good thing, people. Like most things human, there's a duality involved. It can be really oh. fucking lame or it can be happening. Yeah, use your powers for good or evil, right? Right, right. Yeah. So you've made a lot of connects with experimental yeah. world. Yeah. I think so. Part of the, the, the fact that, you know, it's a small niche world is that there's really strong, deep enclaves like everywhere in the world, right? And so it's kind of small networks. Everyone sort of knows everyone else. Um, and it's really great. Can you imagine just like being, like playing punk music right now? And then like, <laughs> I don't know, it's just such a huge kind of world that it's like, uh, I feel like it'd be very difficult to like navigate things like say, like internationally, but maybe I'm wrong. It's just my feeling that as part of, by virtue of being part of like a smaller pond, you have access greater access, more far-flung influence, and also, you know, uh, more access to to everyone who's kind of got similar interests because it's so niche. Yeah, one of the first punk bands was Throb and Gristle, and they definitely were experimental electronic. Mm-hmm. Punk was not a style. It was more of a state of mind. Yeah, that's, but nowadays... That's my experience. But then, yeah, it kind of turned into, what, fast guitar, young kids playing fast guitar. But actually, it was whatever let the freak flag fucking fly. Yeah, initially, right? <laughs> like all good things, right? They get corrupted. Mm. <laughs> so, but uh, I'm a little curious. You said no pewters, but you use pewters to record. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a, this is the thing. Like, I think my practice first and foremost needs to be experienced live with live sound with other people in the room. So pandemic has been kind of weird uh, to be in the middle of. But I think that, um, you know, even if you perform live and like that's the the meat and um, potatoes of your practice, you still have a document of it, right? Like you'll record it. Um, and I think if, you know, <laughs> even though the recording is not the crux of your practice, it is still important to have and it still can be enjoyed, right? So I think like, you know, when I put together an album, it's not all just live stuff like one take it's recorded and then arranged and like, you know, like EQ'd and all this stuff. But I still feel like it's kind of secondary or even tertiary to uh, the aim of like my practice, but it still needs to happen. You know, documentation still needs to happen. Absolute, absolute. 
I'm glad they're kind of a headstone because <laughs> mm. the kids yeah. go into the air, right? Look, I fucked up the chronology of your music journey, so I'm gonna play trim now. Okay. <laughs> At cool. the end of the show, I'm gonna play the shit that was actually first. <laughs>
What happens when superheroes get high, 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 high? As you promise that you will never reveal my identity to anyone. You're insane. I can't believe I let you ice all over my face.
Watch for Pedro Show Last Music for this edition. Start off with Tram, Victoria's first uh, band, mm-hmm. and something called Blister Pack. Not Pack, it's more pun rock, people. There's a yeah. T at the end, not a K. So, yeah, you figure Fun out crush. your own connects. Yeah, right. Then Sean Lennon with The Dance, part one. I think he was making a soundtrack to a movie. With this wow. stuff. Yeah, he flowed me this stuff, but I think it was used for a movie. And then finally, Tetsu, Tatsuya Nakatani, Victoria mm. Shin, Forbes Graham, Jim Hobbs, 
something live at Cambridge 2019, maybe oh, yeah. right before this situation. Definitely. And uh, in Cambridge, so you were back in, and we're not talking England, Cambridge. We're people. talking Massachusetts. Yeah, the, pa- yeah. the part of Boston. T.T. the Bears, I played many times when it was open oh, there. Right rest by the, in peace. Yeah, the Charles River. The next uh, Middle East, right? Okay, yep. Uh, you said you're uh, recording albums. You got one in the making right now? No, I don't. I actually, I just, I moved back to San Francisco, uh, and I haven't really gotten a recording set up, like area set up yet, but I'm working on it. I just moved into my own place like a month ago. So it's in the works. <laughs> and you're actually in the city? You're not in the East Bay? No, yeah, I'm in the city, like right on market. Like hardly anybody moves there anymore. <laughs> I know everyone's moving out, which is why I could move in. <laughs> okay, they made room for you. <laughs> Do you, you, yeah, you don't have to dodge space. the Google bus, right? <laughs> oh, fucking Google bus. Oh. Uh, yeah, we're not going to get into that. That's a fucking lame-ass tangent. But, okay, where can people find you on the Internet? Is there a Victoria Shen website? Yeah, so there's a eviction.com, E-V-I-C-S-H-E-N.com. And you can also find me on Instagram. Uh, so, you know, just search ad eviction, same spelling. Um, and, like, I do a lot of, like, I post whatever electronic experiments that I'm working on in my stories and also your- random animals. From your, uh, own right. web, from your own website, we can get to all them places, right? Yeah, I think so. I and so you you got to set up a place. So your recording situation ain't as portable as your live thing. No, my recording situation was in storage for like six months. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> but so, I'm unpacking, I'm unpacking. <laughs> okay, so you got plans. What, what oh, are you inspired to? Uh, you got a, a, an album envisioned in your mind? I have. I more so have like instruments in mind. Like right now, I um I did a project where I was doing manicures, uh, recreating like uh, abstract expressionist paintings on people's nails. But I'm going full circle, and right now I'm trying to make these needle nails where I put uh, record cartridges, record needles on on artificial nails so that you can start playing uh, <laughs> records. Um, you know that's trippy. Can I ask you something that might sound insane? Yeah, please. In Pedro here. We got like four nail shop and it's all Vietnam ladies. Is there mm-hmm. what it, c- it couldn't be like they tell their friends, right? Why, why, why would it be so specific? Oh, it has, it totally has to do with like, um, happenstance within a certain community, like say Cambodians, right? Yeah. Uh, have the independent donut shop market cornered the same way Vietnamese ladies have, um, nail shops cornered. It's, it's kind of thing where once they immigrated to the U S they found a niche, and then they borrowed money, they had a successful business, and then they also, like, lend to their friends, you know, and, like, they have, like, a working business model. And then they could pass on that information, okay. that knowledge on. So it's just this kind of, like, emergent behavior that happens within immigrant communities. Yeah, yeah. Like with the slap guys got into fishing and the Italians from Ischia here. Mm. Uh, Long Beach has a boat people uh, community of Cambodia. Oh, yeah? And, That's cool. And, and the writing reminds me of Sanskrit. Oh, yeah, totally. A little yeah. bit, right? You ever see, like, a Burmese? Yeah, Burmese yeah, writing yeah, is a yeah. trip. Yeah, ain't that true? Okay, so you're thinking about nails. <laughs> I'm sorry to bring that yeah. up on a day. No, it's fucking weird because, like, you know, I'm really into, I don't know what you'd say, like, 
pure science, like pure, not pure math so much, but like, you know, just this idea of like, what is a speaker? Like, I don't know if you know, but like I um, released an LP last year and the album art is made of copper. So it turns the jacket into a speaker. So you can listen to the record through the, to the record jacket. So like stuff like this, like sort of like pure, like what is the purest form of a speaker or a microphone, whatever. Right. But then I like, will impress it into like a wearable kind of like human scale uh sort of thing like uh i'll make what did i what did i make (laughs) i make like earrings that are like uh decibel meters um so it's like they'll light up according to like how loud your environment is and it's kind of cool because you can see in stereo (laughs) how loud (laughs) your environment is i can't wait to hear your next record when you get it done can you come back on the show and we can play it? Oh, my God. It? it would be my pleasure. Yeah, this has been really fun. Okay, thanks so much, Victoria. People, it's been the May 11, 2021 edition of Waffle Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry. <laughs>